0: Chapter 19 of Wives and Daughters by Elizabeth Gaskell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 19: Cynthia's Arrival. Molly's father was not at home when she returned, and there was no one to give her a welcome. Mrs. Gibson was out paying calls, the servants told Molly. She went upstairs to her own room, meaning to unpack and arrange her borrowed books rather to her surprise she saw the chamber corresponding to her own being dusted water and towels too were being carried in
1: is anyone coming
0: she asked of the housemaid
1: mrs daughter from france miss kirkpatrick is coming to-morrow was cynthia coming at last oh what a pleasure it would be to have a companion a girl a sister of her own age molly's depressed spirits
0: sprang up again with bright elasticity she longed for mrs gibson's return to ask her all about it it must be very sudden for mr gibson had said nothing of it at the hall the day before no quiet reading now the books were hardly put away with molly's usual neatness she went down into the drawing-room and could not settle to anything at last mrs gibson came home tired out with her walk and her heavy velvet cloak until that was taken off and she had rested herself for a few minutes she seemed quite unable to attend to molly's questions
2: oh yes cynthia is coming home to-morrow by the umpire which passes through at ten o'clock what an oppressive day it is for the time of the year i really am almost ready to faint cynthia heard of some opportunity i believe and was only too glad to leave school a fortnight earlier than we planned she never gave me the chance of writing to say i did or did not like her coming so much before the time and i shall have to pay for her just the same as if she had stopped and i meant to have asked her to bring me a french bonnet and then you could have had one made after mine but i'm very glad she's coming poor dear is there anything the matter with her
0: asked molly
2: oh no why should there be You called her poor dear and it made me afraid lest she might be ill oh no it's only a way i got into when mr kirkpatrick died a fatherless girl you know one always does call them poor dears oh no cynthia never is ill she's as strong as a horse she never would have felt to-day as i have done could you get me a glass of wine and a biscuit my dear i'm really quite faint
0: mr gibson was much more excited about cynthia's arrival than her own mother was he anticipated her coming as a great pleasure to molly on whom in spite of his recent marriage and his new wife his interests principally centred he even found time to run upstairs and see the bedrooms of the two girls for the furniture of which he had paid a pretty round sum
3: well i suppose young ladies like their bedrooms decked out in this way it's very pretty certainly but-i
1: liked my own old room better papa but perhaps cynthia is accustomed to such decking up
3: perhaps at any rate she'll see we've tried to make it pretty yours is like hers that's right it might have hurt her if hers had been smarter than yours now good-night in your fine flimsy bed
0: molly was up betimes almost before it was light arranging her pretty hamley flowers in cynthia's room she could hardly eat her breakfast that morning she ran upstairs and put on her things thinking that mrs gibson was quite sure to go down to the george inn where the umpire stopped to meet her daughter after a two years absence but to her surprise mrs gibson had arranged herself at her great worsted-work frame just as usual and she in her turn was astonished at molly's bonnet and cloak
2: where are you going so early child the fog hasn't cleared away yet i thought you would go and meet cynthia and i wanted to go with you she will be here in half an hour and dear papa has told the gardener to take the wheelbarrow down for her luggage i'm not sure if he has not gone himself then are not you going asked
0: molly with a good deal of disappointment
2: no certainly not she will be here almost directly and besides i don't like to expose my feelings to every passer-by in high street you forget i have not seen her for two years and i hate scenes in the market-place
0: she settled herself to her work again and molly after some consideration gave up her own going and employed herself in looking out of the downstairs window which commanded the approach from town
1: here she is here she is
0: she cried out at last her father was walking by the side of a tall young lady william the gardener was wheeling along a great cargo of baggage molly flew to the front door and had it wide open to admit the newcomer some time before she arrived
2: well here she is molly this is cynthia cynthia molly you're to be sisters you know
0: molly saw the beautiful tall swaying figure against the light of the open door but could not see any of the features that were for the moment in shadow a sudden gush of shyness had come over her just at the instant and quenched the embrace she would have given a moment before but cynthia took her in her arms and kissed her on both cheeks
4: here's mamma
0: she said looking beyond molly on to the stairs where mrs gibson stood wrapped up in a shawl and shivering in the cold she ran past molly and mr gibson who rather averted their eyes from this first greeting between mother and child mrs gibson said
2: why how you are grown darling you look quite a woman
4: and so i am said cynthia i was before i went away i have hardly grown since except it is always to be hoped in wisdom yes that we will hope
0: said mrs gibson in a rather meaning way indeed there were evidently hidden allusions in their seeming commonplace speeches when they all came into the full light and repose of the drawing-room molly was absorbed in the contemplation of cynthia's beauty perhaps her features were not regular but the changes in her expressive countenance gave one no time to think of that her smile was perfect her pouting charming the play of the face was in the mouth her eyes were beautifully shaped but their expression hardly seemed to vary in colouring she was not unlike her mother only she had not so much of the red-haired tints in her complexion and her long-shaped serious grey eyes were fringed with dark lashes instead of her mother's insipid flaxen ones molly fell in love with her so to speak on the instant she sat there warming her feet and hands as much at her ease as if she had been there all her life not particularly attending to her mother who all the time was studying either her or her dress measuring molly and mr gibson with grave observant looks as if guessing how she should like them
3: there's hot breakfast ready for you in the dining-room when you are ready for it
0: said mr gibson
3: i'm sure you must want it after your night journey
0: he looked round at his wife at cynthia's mother but she did not seem inclined to leave the warm room again
2: molly will take you to your room darling said she it is near hers and she has got her things to take off i'll come down and sit in the dining-room while you are having your breakfast but i really am afraid of the cold now
0: cynthia rose and followed molly
1: upstairs i am so sorry there isn't a fire for you said molly but i suppose it wasn't ordered and of course i don't give any orders Hurry some hot water though stop a minute
0: said cynthia getting hold of both molly's hands and looking steadily into her face but in such a manner that she did not dislike the inspection
4: i think i shall like you i am so glad I was afraid I should not. We're all in a very awkward position together, aren't we? I like your father's looks, though."
0: Molly could not help smiling at the way this was said. Cynthia replied to her smile.
4: "'Ah, you may laugh, but I don't know that I am easy to get on with. Mama and I didn't suit when we were last together. But perhaps we are each of us wiser now. Now, please leave me for a quarter of an hour. I don't want anything more.'
0: Molly went into her own room, waiting to show Cynthia down to the dining-room not that in the moderate-sized house there was any difficulty in finding the way a very little trouble in conjecturing would enable a stranger to discover any room but cynthia had so captivated molly that she wanted to devote herself to the newcomer's service ever since she had heard of the probability of her having a sister she called her a sister but whether it was a scotch sister or a sister a la mode de bretagne would have puzzled most people Molly had allowed her fancy to dwell much on the idea of Cynthia's coming, and in the short time since they had met, Cynthia's unconscious power of fascination had been exercised upon her. Some people have this power. Of course, its effects are only manifested in the susceptible. A schoolgirl may be found in every school who attracts and influences all the others, not by her virtues, nor her beauty, nor her sweetness, nor her cleverness, but by something that can neither be described nor reasoned upon it is the something alluded to in the old lines
4: love me not for comely grace for my pleasing eye and face no nor for my constant heart for these may change and turn to ill and thus true love may sever but love me on and know not why so hast thou the same reason still to dote upon me ever
0: A woman will have this charm not only over men but over her own sex it cannot be defined or rather it is so delicate a mixture of many gifts and qualities that it is impossible to decide on the proportions of each perhaps it is incompatible with very high principle as its essence seems to consist in the most exquisite power of adaptation to varying people and still more various moods being all things to all men at any rate molly might soon have been aware that cynthia was not remarkable for unflinching morality but the glamour thrown over her would have prevented molly from any attempt at penetrating into and judging her companion's character even had such processes been the least in accordance with her own disposition cynthia was very beautiful and was so well aware of this fact that she had forgotten to care about it no one with such loveliness ever appeared so little conscious of it molly would watch her perpetually as she moved about the room with the free stately step of some wild animal of the forest moving almost as it were to the continual sound of music her dress too though now to our ideas it would be considered ugly and disfiguring was suited to her complexion and figure and the fashion of it subdued within due bounds by her exquisite taste it was inexpensive enough and the changes in it were but few mrs gibson professed herself shocked to find that
2: cynthia had but four gowns when she might have stocked herself so well and brought over so many useful french patterns if she had but patiently waited for her mother's answer to the letter which she had sent announcing her return by the opportunity madame had found for her
0: molly was hurt for cynthia at all these speeches she thought they implied that the pleasure which her mother felt in seeing her a fortnight sooner after her two years absence was inferior to that which she would have received from a bundle of silver-paper patterns but cynthia took no apparent notice of the frequent recurrence of these small complaints indeed she received much of what her mother said with a kind of complete indifference that made mrs gibson hold her rather in awe and she was much more communicative to molly than to her own child with regard to dress however cynthia soon showed that she was her mother's own daughter in the manner in which she could use her deft and nimble fingers she was a capital workwoman and unlike molly who excelled in plain sewing but had no notion of dressmaking or millinery she could repeat the fashions she had only seen in passing along the streets of boulogne with one or two pretty rapid movements of her hands as she turned and twisted the ribbons and gauze her mother furnished her with so she refurbished mrs gibson's wardrobe doing it all in a sort of contemptuous manner the source of which molly could not quite make out day after day the course of these small frivolities was broken in upon by the news mr gibson brought of mrs hamley's nearer approach to death molly very often sitting by cynthia and surrounded by ribbon and wire and net heard the bulletins like the toll of a funeral bell at a marriage feast her father sympathized with her it was the loss of a dear friend to him too but he was so accustomed to death that it seemed to him but as it was the natural end of all things human to molly the death of someone she had known well and loved so much was a sad and gloomy phenomenon she loathed the small vanities with which she was surrounded and would wander out into the frosty garden and pace the walk which was both sheltered and concealed by evergreens at length and yet it was not so long not a fortnight since molly had left the hall the end came. Mrs. Hamley had sunk out of life as gradually as she had sunk out of consciousness and her place in this world. The quiet waves closed over her, and her place knew her no more.
3: "'They all sent their love to you, Molly,' said her father. "'Roger said he knew how you would feel it.'
0: Mr. Gibson had come in very late, and was having a solitary dinner in the dining-room. Molly was sitting near him to keep him company. Cynthia and her mother were upstairs. The latter was trying on a headdress which Cynthia had made for her. Molly remained downstairs after her father had gone out afresh on his final round among his town patients. The fire was growing very low, and the lights were waning. Cynthia came softly in, and taking Molly's listless hand that hung down by her side, sat at her feet on the rug, chafing her chilly fingers without speaking. The tender action thawed the tears that had been gathering heavily at Molly's heart, and they came dropping down her cheeks
4: you loved her dearly did you not molly yes
0: <laughs> sobbed molly and then there was a silence
1: had you known her long no not a year but i had seen a great deal of her i was almost like a daughter to her she said so yet i never bid her good-bye or anything her mind became weak and confused she had only sons i think no only mr osborne and mr roger Hamley. She had a daughter once. Fanny. Sometimes, in her illness, she used to call me Fanny."
0: The two girls were silent for some time, both gazing into the fire. Cynthia spoke first.
1: "'I wish I can
4: love people as you do, Molly.' "'Don't you?'
0: said the other, in surprise.
4: "'No. A good number of people love me, I believe. Or at least they think they do. But I never seem to care much for anyone. I do believe I love you, little Molly, whom I have only known for ten days, better than anyone.' "'Not than your mother?'
0: said molly in grave astonishment
4: yes then my mother
0: replied cynthia half smiling
4: it's very shocking i dare say but it is so now don't go and condemn me i don't think love for one's mother quite comes by nature and remember how much i have been separated from mine i loved my father if you will
0: she continued with the force of truth in her tone and then she stopped
4: but he died when i was quite a little thing and no one believes that i remember him i heard mamma say to a caller not a fortnight after his funeral Oh no, Cynthia is too young. She has quite forgotten him. And I bit my lips to keep from crying out, Papa, Papa, have I? But it's of no use. Well, then mamma had to go out as a governess. She couldn't help it, poor thing. But she didn't much care for parting with me. I was a trouble, I dare say. So I was sent to school at four years old. First one school, and then another. And in the holidays mamma went to stay at grand houses, and I was generally left with the schoolmistresses. Once I went to the Towers, and mamma lectured me continually, and yet I was very naughty, I believe, and so I never went again, and I was very glad of it, for it was a horrid place. That it was,
0: said Molly, who remembered her own day of tribulation there.
4: And once I went to London to stay with my uncle Kirkpatrick. He is a lawyer, and getting on now, but then he was poor enough, and had six or seven children. It was winter time, and we were all shut up in a small house in Doughty Street. "'But, after all, that
1: wasn't so bad.' "'But then you lived with your mother when she began school at Ashcombe. "'Mr. Preston told me that, when I stayed that day at the manor-house.' "'What did he tell you?'
0: asked Cynthia, almost fiercely.
1: "'Nothing but that. "'Oh, yes. "'He praised your beauty, and wanted me to tell you what he had said.' "'I should have hated you if you had,' said Cynthia. "'Of course I never thought of doing such a thing,'
0: replied Molly.
1: "'I didn't like him, and Lady Harriet spoke of him the next day, "'as if he wasn't a person to be liked.'
0: cynthia was quite silent at length she said
1: i wish i was good so do i
0: said molly simply she was thinking again of mrs hamley
1: only the actions of the just smell sweet and blossom in the dust
0: and goodness just then seemed to her to be the only enduring thing in the world
4: nonsense molly you are good at least if you're not good what am i there's a rule of three some for you to do but it's no use talking i am not good and i never shall be now Perhaps I might be a heroine still, but I shall never be a good woman, I know. Do you think it is easier to be a heroine? Yes, as far as one knows of heroines from history. I'm capable of a great jerk, an effort, and then a relaxation. But steady, everyday goodness is beyond me. I must be a moral kangaroo.
0: Molly could not follow Cynthia's ideas. She could not distract herself from the thoughts of the sorrowing group at the hall.
1: How I should like to see them all! And yet one can do nothing at such a time! Papa says the funeral is to be on Tuesday, and that, after that, Roger Hamley is to go back to Cambridge. It will seem as if nothing has happened. I wonder how the squire and Mr. Osborne Hamley will get on together. He's the eldest son, is he not? Why shouldn't he and his father get on well together?
4: Oh! I don't know. That is to say, I do know, but I think I ought not to tell. Don't be so pedantically truthful, Molly. Besides, your manner shows when you speak truth, and when you speak falsehood without troubling yourself to use words i knew exactly what your i don't know meant i never consider myself bound to be truthful so i beg we may be on equal terms
0: cynthia might well say that she did not consider herself bound to be truthful she literally said what came uppermost without caring very much whether it was accurate or not but there was no ill-nature and in a general way no attempt at procuring any advantage for herself in all her deviations and there was often such a latent sense of fun in them that molly could not help being amused with them in fact though she condemned them in theory cynthia's playfulness of manner glossed such failings over with a kind of charm and yet at times she was so soft and sympathetic that molly could not resist her even when she affirmed the most startling things the little account she made of her own beauty pleased mr gibson extremely and her pretty deference to him won his heart she was restless too till she had attacked molly's dress after she had remodelled her mother's
4: now for you sweet one
0: said she as she began on one of molly's gowns
4: i've been working as connoisseur until now now i begin as amateur
0: she brought down her pretty artificial flowers plucked out of her own best bonnet to put into molly's saying they would suit her complexion and that a knot of ribbons would do well enough for her all the time she worked she sang she had a sweet voice in singing as well as in speaking and used to run up and down her gay french chansons without any difficulty so flexible in the art was she yet she did not seem to care for music she rarely touched the piano on which molly practised with daily conscientiousness cynthia was always willing to answer questions about her previous life though after the first she rarely alluded to it of herself but she was a most sympathetic listener to all molly's innocent confidences of joys and sorrows sympathizing even to the extent of wondering how she could endure mr gibson's second marriage and why she did not take some active steps of rebellion in spite of all this agreeable and pungent variety of companionship at home molly yearned after the hamleys if there had been a woman in that family she would probably have received many little notes and heard numerous details which were now lost to her or summed up in condensed accounts of her father's visits at the hall which since his dear patient was dead were only occasional
3: yes the squire's a good deal changed but he's better than he was there's an unspoken estrangement between him and osborne one can see it in the silence and constraint of their manners but outwardly they are friendly civil at any rate the squire will always respect osborne as his heir and the future representative of the family osborne doesn't look well he says he wants change i think he's weary of the domestic dullness or domestic dissension but he feels his mother's death acutely it's a wonder that he and his father are not drawn together by their common loss roger's away at cambridge too examination for the mathematical tripos altogether the aspect of both people and place is changed it is but natural
0: such is perhaps the summing up of the news of the hamleys as contained in many bulletins they always ended in some kind message to molly mrs gibson generally said as a comment upon her husband's account of osborne's melancholy
2: my dear why don't you ask him to dinner here a little quiet dinner you know cook is quite up to it and we would all of us wear blacks and lilacs he couldn't consider that as gaiety
0: mr gibson took no more notice of these suggestions than by shaking his head he had grown accustomed to his wife by this time and regarded silence on his own part as a great preservative against long inconsequential arguments but every time that mrs gibson was struck by cynthia's beauty she
2: thought it more and more advisable that mr osborne hamley should be cheered up by a quiet little dinner-party as yet no one but the ladies of hollingford and mr ashton the vicar that hopeless and impracticable old bachelor had seen cynthia and what was the good of having a lovely daughter if there were none but old women to admire her cynthia
0: herself appeared extremely indifferent upon the subject and took very little notice of her mother's constant talk about the gaieties that were possible and the gaieties that were impossible in hollingford she exerted herself just as much to charm the two miss brownings as she would have done to delight osborne hamley or any other young heir that is to say she used no exertion but simply followed her own nature which was to attract every one of those she was thrown amongst The exertion seemed rather to be to refrain from doing so, and to protest, as she often did, by slight words and expressive looks against her mother's words and humours, alike against her folly and her caresses. Molly was almost sorry for Mrs. Gibson, who seemed so unable to gain influence over her child. One day Cynthia read Molly's thought.
4: I'm not good, and I told you so. Somehow I cannot forgive her for her neglect of me as a child, when I would have clung to her. Besides i hardly ever heard from her when i was at school and i know she put a stop to my coming over to her wedding i saw the letter she wrote to madame lefevre a child should be brought up with its parents if it is to think them
1: infallible when it grows up but though it may know that there must be faults
0: replied molly
1: it ought to cover them over and try to forget their existence it ought
4: but don't you see i have grown up outside the pale of duty in aughts love me as i am sweet one for i shall never be better
0: End of Chapter 19